Okay, one moment. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today asking for your guidance, wisdom, and support as we begin this meeting. Help us engage in meaningful discussion. Allow us to grow closer as a group and nurture the bonds of community. Bless and anoint Brother Joe and all of us as Brother is going to share your word with us. May our minds and heart be open to receive and understand your words, your scriptures. We surrender all of us gathered together and our families to you. Bless Holy Spirit, protect us and use us for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Today, uh, we don't have a PowerPoint. I have my notes with me. So I want you guys to help me out with the scriptures. Um, I'm prepared to read from the Bible, if you have the Bible handy. So I'm not going to do a quick recap. I'm hoping that you still remember what we discussed last week. Yeah. Right. So we saw how the kingdom of darkness operates. We started looking into the kingdom of darkness so that we can understand the enemy. Uh, we will be exploring a lot more in the kingdom of God. But before that, before any battle, we have to find out who is our enemy, what is what the static tactics are, what's their strong points and the weak points. Only then we can conquer. So always remember, we are not trying to glorify the enemy. We are just studying him so that we can glorify God later. Right, so uh, the homework was to go through an exercise where we go into our own minds, our own lives, and see any strongholds which will have been there in our mind. I hope everybody did that, and it's confidential, so keep it with yourself, but that's just the beginning. Uh, more like a mind mapping thing, right? So we are trying to figure out what has happened into our life from the very beginning, from the day. In fact, even before we are born into this world, even when you are in the womb, the kingdom of darkness already started working even before that. Um, we will discuss about all that, but at least we know what happened after we are born. And so we should map, we should have that list handy and course, which is going to reveal more and more of the uh, way the kingdom of darkness has put darkness into our mind. So today, um, Holy Spirit inspired me to share something about from the Old Testament. So we will be focusing more on the Old Testament. I know, uh, when, so the first thing we need to understand is once the Old Testament became so real and interesting to us, the Bible Bible becomes a lot, di lot different uh, when we read. Until then, Old Testament is boring. But when we understand the secrets, the parallels, the shadows, the mysteries hidden in the Old Testament, uh, then we get into this pattern of identifying Christ in every page of Old Testament identifying the kingdom of God in every page of the Old Testament. There's no specific mention of kingdom of God in that phrase in the Old Testament, but today we are going to see, we're going to dig a little more deeper into the Old Testament and see if we can find anything hidden there. So let's go to Genesis 13, uh, 12. 
or before that you know how god called abraham right abraham his name was abraham it was changed to abraham so god always likes to change names right from who was israel uh jacob jacob okay do you know what's the name of jacob so the meaning of jacob the name So, why would God change his name, right? Why would God care about changing the name? So this is one key thing to understand. Remember when um, God created Adam and Eve, Adam initially, and uh, what was the first task given to Adam? Anybody? Names. Give names. Naming. Right. Name all the yeah. creations. Until then, it was not named. why would and, and what happened adam named them right adam yeah. named each and every creature and bible says whatever he called was their nature so there is the secret of this name we always pray but well, now we pray right in jesus name we pray amen but we often times we don't understand what is the significance of name jesus himself said if you ask anything in my name it will be granted and we have prayed many many times in his name and nothing has happened right so we should be wondering why it was jesus lying or maybe there was something else so once we map it back to this genesis we understand a name means the character the nature of the living being so when you say jesus name it's the character and the wholeness of jesus the person himself so we will get to that a little bit more so it's not just pronouncing oh in jesus name i ask no it's not a name like in nowadays we don't have much meaning or meaningful names but in the biblical times every name depicts a character so what will what would be god's name so somebody asked him right somebody asked god what's your name right what did I he have i am who i am because yeah. i i can't be identified by a specific character i am i am who i am because god is complete love i don't know what you i mean all the good things you can define it's all embodied completely in god and cannot be we cannot take our one character but then he started revealing his characters to different lane like elohim rafa each character he's a healer is my stronghold there's many many names identified by god so that's one thing we always need to understand as as kingdom barriers that's one random thing god is throwing out today uh, for us to understand it's is connected to the vision vanessa uh, vanessa maybe you can share you didn't get to share the other vision right last week your mom took the glory of it so vanessa are you there today Okay. All right. Can you share the other vision where you heard this name? Do you mind? Yeah. I don't know where she is. She's gone. She's there. I think okay, let me ask you on mute. That's why. Okay. We'll come back to that. but always remember this name thing is important name when from starting today when we pray in Jesus name we are praying based on the character 
and what he has achieved for us. We, but, but that whole understanding should come into our mind when we say Jesus' name, in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. That means he has redeemed us. He has gone to the cross and he has redeemed us. I'm a new creation. I'm no longer a slave. He has destroyed the power of Satan. All that thing should come into our mind. And then we are out of that understanding. We are proclaiming Jesus, my dear Lord. Jesus himself means my savior, right? So Jesus is not his first name. Jesus means my savior. He saved me. That understanding should come into our mind and we should be so proud and and from that understanding, when you say, in Jesus' name, the enemy knows what we are talking about. And the heaven will understand that we are talking about our Jesus Christ. And then it will be granted. But to get to that understanding, where should we work in? We should work in our mind. Right? That understanding, that closeness, that, that pride comes in where? In our thoughts, in our mind. That's exactly where the darkness is. So once you get rid of darkness, we will be praying truly in his name and things will start happening. So that's where we are going. Okay, now I understand why Holy Spirit brought this name. I didn't know that's what I'm, I'm listening to. Okay, so the land of Canaan, we are talking about... So Abraham was called from where? Another question. What was his original city where he lived? Uh, or, yes. And then where did he go and, and settled, uh, ended up settling? Let's uh, take it up. Genesis 12, go to, let's go to Genesis 12, 6 and 7. Genesis 12, 6 and 7. Abraham passed to the land of the place of Shishem, the oak of Moreh. At the mm -hmm. time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offerings, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared okay. to So the Canaanites were living in that land. Abraham was passing through. He was called from Ur and then he was continuing. He, the, Abraham had no clue where God is calling him, but he just left. He didn't ask for a prophetic anointing to get prophecy and find out where he's going. He didn't, that was, that's why he was walking. He's the father of faith. right? He knew God, if God is calling, I'm going. doesn't matter where it is. I don't need to know. Because when I go, God will be with me. That's all he cared. Then God is going, taking him to like Canaanites or Canaan, land of Canaan. And when he reached there, he's saying, I will give this to your descendants, your offsprings. Then read um, Genesis 13, 12. 13, 12. Okay. Yeah. Abraham settled in the land of Cana, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved right. his tent to the, as far as Sodom. Right. So Lot and Abraham, it separates out. Lot chose the great land of uh, Sodom. And then where does Abraham settle? Land of Canaan. Canaan. Now in Genesis 1.28, we remember the promise that, what was the promise given to Adam and Eve? When actually Adam, when he was both female and male, he, God was telling, okay. multiply. How dominion. Have dominion on earth, right? And that's where he settled. But he didn't have dominion over that. That's where he settled. But then what happened to that dominion? We saw that dominion was transferred to kingdom of darkness. Correct? Yeah. And Jesus came and he came and he, there was this verse, right? Jesus delivered us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Let's remember. 
So Adam was given the kingdom. It was gone. Then Jesus came and returned it. So now let's say Abraham settled in Canaan, land of Canaan. What was the other name of land of Canaan? Promised land, right? Where did Moses lead the Israelites to? Land of land of Canaan. So how come Abraham settled in land of Canaan and now Moses is trying to get back into that? Because they shifted to Egypt after that, no? Exod before the Exodus. Right. There was a big famine. Yeah, famine. And then they ended up going to Egypt. So same way, Adam and Eve and the humans sinned and they left the promised land. They lost the dominion, right? They were supposed to be in the from in earth with the dominion and all that blessings, but they lost it. They became what? Enslaved into kingdom of darkness. That's what happened to the human race. Now, the same thing happened when the promised land of Canaan, Abraham and descendants were sitting, sitting there, but they moved to Egypt because of the famine. And then what, what happened? Egypt enslaved them, right? When Moses appears into the scene, they were already enslaved by Egypt's Egypt is a representation of kingdom of darkness. Egypt is a representation of kingdom of darkness. So Moses appeared and he wanted to do what? He wants to? Bring them to the kingdom of Palestine. He wants to free them, right? That's all he wanted. Then God said, I will give you a promised land. I will take you to the promised land. And what was the promised land? Canaan. Land of Canaan. So that's exactly where they came from. That's exactly yeah, yeah. where God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When there are three different instances when God promised that I will make your offsprings to uh, have dominion in the land of Canaan, the promised land. So the promised land is like a promise God gave to uh, Moses that I will take all of you. You go back from Egypt, get my people out then I will lead you to the desert into the promised land. So let's read about that. Numbers 13, 28. So when they returned, when Abraham was in land of Canaan, it was all fine, but they left to Egypt. Now, land of Canaan is occupied by who? And what's, what's the situation? Numbers 13, 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Ititis, the Jebusites, and Amorites dwell in the mountains. Right. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Okay, that's enough. So now, the land of Canaan is messed up. Like the, this promised land where Abraham was living, now he, all the Israelites are supposed to go there, but there is a lot of difficulties getting there. This promised land is there, but it's so hard to get to there. So Moses, did Moses take them to the promised land? No. no. He led them, but he never reached the Most promised land. Right. Did he see the promised land? Yes. How? 
God took him on top of the mountain and he showed him this is the promised land. Okay. God showed him the promised land. Right. Numbers 27, 12. Numbers 27, 12. For others who are not that familiar with the story, Moses never entered the promised land, even though God promised him and the Israelites that I will lead you to the promised land. There's a great spiritual truth to learn from there, but let's see. Numbers 27, 12. This is an instance where God leads him, God's Moses to the mountain and say, take a look. This is the promised land. But you will never make it. And then after that, Moses dies. Can somebody read Numbers 27, 12? How the Lord said to Moses, go up into this Mount Aburim and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people as Aaron, your brother, was gathered. For in the wilderness of Zin, during the strife of the congregation, you rebelled against my command yeah. to have me. That's enough. So the, the, Moses never managed to get there. But see the words, words God saying. See the king, the promised land, which was, which is given to Israel, right? It's a past tense, saying this is already given. But did they get there? Are they in the promised land? Not yet. But God is saying it's already given to Israel. Take a look. But he will not make it for other reasons. So in spiritual realm, that land was already given to the Israelites. But Moses didn't make it. All the people who left the Egypt didn't make it. Was God lying to them? God did promise them, right? That I will take you to the promised land. And do you know how much time it would have taken originally from Egypt to this land of Canaan? So 40, years. 40 years, I think. That took 40 years. But do you know how much in real Three days? I think it was seven days of travel. Just seven days of travel. So the reason why they took 40 years is because they were rebellious, first of all. And in between, there were cities, like, just like we read. There were giants. There were cities, fortress, strongholds. Remember Jericho? Joshua has to go around and all the people were praising and worshipping in Jericho. Well, similar to that, there are many cities. So homework for this week, find all the cities and all the troubles they had from Egypt to land of Canaan. Okay, that's the homework. All the cities they had to conquer and all the battles they have fought. Just take a note. Now, this is the Old Testament. And who, who led them? Did eventually Israel get into the land of God, sorry, land of Canaan? Yes. Who led them? Aaron. Not Aaron. Not. Moses? Joshua. Jo Joshua. Read from Deuteronomy 31.7. Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy 31.7. Then Moses called Joshua 
and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Amen. So here a new task is given to Joshua. Moses is dead and Moses, God brought Moses into the mountain top, have a glimpse of the promised land. Now you will not take them there, but my servant Joshua will take everyone to the promised land. But remember what God said, it's already given to Israel. You just need to go there and get it. But also we know what's the situation of land, this promised land at that point. It has jams, it has strong fortresses, other, other kingdoms, all that. It has all, so it's already given to you, but it's not easy to get it. And Joshua is supposed to lead. Now, can anyone think of any parallels? Can you find kingdom of God in this? Can you find anything about the kingdom of God? How this can be related or a parallel? Okay, now another question. Did Moses ever came to land of Canaan, the promised land? Did he ever get to really be in the promised land? No. No? No. The transfiguration you're talking about. Ah, okay. Somebody knows. So he, yes, he did. Right? Okay. What happened? Matthew 17, 19, you know the transfiguration. Yeah. During transfiguration, who were with Jesus? Elijah and Moses. Elijah and Moses. That's where, that's where it's in the land of Canaan. It's in the Israel, right? Yeah. So Moses did come. Okay, any connect, anybody can, can you connect? So let's say, okay, let, now let's analyze. Adam was, pro, was in the kingdom of God, right? Initially, the kingdom of God, when, when, remember the kingdom of God is where God is the king and his reign, only his reign, his rule goes around. Initially in the garden of Eden, was that a kingdom of God? Yes. Was the kingdom God, king, God's kingdom was prevailing at that point, right? Before the sin. Yeah. And then they lost it and the kingdom of darkness came and conquered it. Now we, they are in Egypt. The Egyptian rule is the kingdom of darkness, the shadow of the kingdom of darkness. Or let's say before Jesus came, the entire human beings, humankind is under what authority? Under the new Egypt or the spiritual Egypt, which is the kingdom darkness. of darkness. So in Egypt, what happened? Moses came to deliver them out of the Egypt. So Jesus came to do what? To bring them to the promised land and to the kingdom of The God. promised land, the kingdom of who? The, why is kingdom of God a promised land? Because right after the fall, God has promised something that my, that there will be a Messiah coming and then he will Crush bring back everything. Yeah. He, will, he will destroy the kingdom rule of darkness and he will restore the kingdom. That's a promise. 
So that's the promised land. What is the real promised land in New Testament? Or in, in reality, promised land, the land of Canaan was a shadow of what? The kingdom of God. Yeah. Right. The kingdom of God. In land of Canaan, it says it's it's so fruitful. Like, what, what do we call it? Like land of honey, right? Milk and honey. Milk and honey. Land of milk and honey. That means it's so prosperous. Everything is so great. Even now, Israel, you can see the physical physical. Um, same kind of great fruits and even now Israel is such a small nation but they are so strong etc. Same way yep, it's the yep. kingdom of God representation. In kingdom of God everything is under the rule of God. There's no sickness, there's no sadness. Everything is great and prosperous all that. So that's the promised land. That's the real promised land in the spiritual level. So Jesus came so that he can take people who were oppressed by the kingdom of darkness into the promised land, which is the kingdom of God, just like Moses. So now we can get into the secrets of this kingdom of God a little bit. Did Moses take them to the kingdom of God? Sorry, the promised land. He didn't. No. Did Jesus, but did, uh, did Moses deliver them from the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of Egypt? Yes. 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 So did Jesus deliver us from the kingdom of darkness? Yes. 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 That's why the Bible says he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So, and he's, Moses is taking everyone to this promised land, or let's say Jesus is taking everyone into what? To the kingdom of God. But Jesus didn't make it to the kingdom of God with them, right? Who, who led them into the kingdom of God? Joshua. Joshua. So can you tell me who is the new Joshua? Or who was Joshua representing? What is the spiritual truth, spiritual mystery in that? Moses came. Jesus, Joshua was with Moses. They both were going together. And then Moses was lifted up. Then Joshua continued. Peter. Who is that? Peter. No. Holy Spirit. Holy Jesus. Spirit. Who was with Jesus? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and Jesus was in together. They delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. And then Jesus, what happened to Jesus? He was lifted up and what did he say? I'll send my helper. I will send a helper. I will send a helper. When he comes, it's better he that will, I go. He and then he will lead you into what? Into all the truths. Truth. Now that Truth. question, Joe. Yeah. We believe that uh, Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. Ah, that question, we can deal with that later. <laughs> we'll deal with that next session. Okay, that's a very important question. When we read about, when we learn about the baptism in Holy Spirit, we'll, we will now, I mean, we'll go in detail. That's a very amazing question, but not today. Sorry. So now, Holy Spirit is leading us into the kingdom of God. But remember, God said to Moses, this is already given to them. They just need to walk there and get it. But it would have been seven days. Instead, it took 40 days, 40 years because 40 years. of the rebellion, because they didn't work with God. Right? Eventually, Joshua entered. So who is going to lead us into the kingdom of God? Not Jesus. Not Jesus. He did the initial part. He delivered us from, he destroyed the kingdom of darkness power. He led us out of the kingdom of darkness. Now we have a choice. We have an option to get into the kingdom of God, which is already prepared, which is already given to us, just like God told Moses that this is already given. Just go and 
take it. But you are not the one who is going to lead them, but instead Joshua will lead them, which means Holy Spirit is going to lead them. So who should I work with? I work with to get to the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So that's Holy. where the practical aspect is. You're not learning to um, figure out the mysteries and then be like pumped up, but instead now we know that Holy Spirit is the one who is going to take me into this promised land or promised kingdom of God. I am not yet there, but it is already given to me because Jesus has already delivered and he has done it. But now in between me and reaching that kingdom of God, what was the situation? You know, how, from Joshua, once started Joshua leading them, it was not easy. They had to go through many, many fortresses, small cities and giants of the land, but they conquered everything by whom? Because God was with them. So it took them some time. It was, it was a lot of battles. It was not easy, but it was still worth it. And eventually they made it because God has already given to them. That's why. So this is going to be the same exact scenario for each one of us. Whether it will take 40 years or whether it will take seven days depends on me, each one of us. Are we willing to work with Holy Spirit and be obedient and then exactly work with him? Then it will be seven days. If we are rebellious, if we are not working with, if we are having one step in the kingdom of darkness, one, one foot in the other kingdom, things will take some time. But God's promise stays. He has promised us that we will be entering into the kingdom of God by Holy Spirit. So we will learn. We will need to first, we need to understand who is our leader. We understood that today, Holy Spirit. Now we need to get the command from He. We need to let him lead us. So we need to get, that's why I asked everyone to start talking to Holy Spirit because this was coming. Holy Spirit is the one who is going to help us. He's a helper. He will reveal every truth. He will show us the path. He will reveal us to the word of God, which will be the light into our path, light into our ways. And the, the way is Jesus Christ. So we know the way. There is no other way to the Father but me. But to go through Jesus Christ, also he said, he, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take from me and give it to you. Holy Spirit doesn't glorify himself. All he is doing is he is a delegating power right now. He takes it from what Jesus did. He will, just like Moses, Moses delivered them. And according to, the, according to Joshua's lead, they all entered the kingdom of God, the, or the promised land. So today, that's the key message. So now let's learn how they defeated all the kingdoms between in the Old Testament. And there might be some more secrets which we can implement in our lives to get into this kingdom of God very fast. But more interesting stuff, um, how much time do we have? We have 30 minutes, good. So now think about this. Moses did come back, right? Moses didn't see it. But did he end up in land of Canaan? Yeah. He did. When did he come? During Jesus' time. Uh, during the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. When he, he when he go, showed the world the glory, like the new glorious body, uh, Moses came. So who Moses is a figure of who? Jesus. Moses is a shadow of Jesus. Jesus. Moses came to the land of Canaan to see the glorious the transfiguration of glorification of Lord Jesus Christ. So think about that. If Moses is equivalent to Jesus, 
will Jesus come back to the kingdom of God to see something? Is there a second coming for Moses? If there's a second coming for Moses, there must be a second, a second coming, coming for Jesus. For Jesus Christ. And when he comes, what will he see? Everybody will be coming up from the grave and glorious bodies. St. Paul talks about this. When he appears, we will also will receive a new glorified body, just like this body. So that's how we, we proclaim this every day. We believe in the resurrection of our bodies, which means a physical body will be resurrected. We don't think about this, but we daily proclaim this in our active apostles and etc. We will receive a new glorified body, which will be exactly similar to what Jesus Christ acquired after his resurrection, because his body was very special. He could go after he had the wounds, because that's why St. Thomas could touch it, right? He actually passed through the walls. When, when all the disciples were gathered one place, he came through the walls. So he had a physical body, which can, we can touch and feed, but he can also go through walls. And he also ate something, food with them. So it's a body where we can eat, but he was glorious body. That's why even uh, Mary didn't, Mary, a disciple, right? Couldn't, couldn't identify him after the resurrection. That's why he went and, she went and asked, Lord, do you know where they place my Jesus? She was with him for a long time, but she couldn't identify. So that's a glorious body. We, that's a whole different topic, but I'm just giving you a, giving you a hint. That when Jesus Christ comes back, St. Paul says, we all will be, that's what people call rapture, etc. But we will, everybody will be coming out of the graves. We will all have this glorious body given to, and then the judgment happened. So when Jesus Christ, the new Moses, or the pre, when comes in the second time, we will be glorified. Just like on the transfiguration day, everyone who believes in Lord Jesus Christ will have a new body and we will be in the resurrection body, glorious like Jesus Christ. So these are amazing truths God is revealing to us. We cannot read about these things in the books. Even if you read hundreds and hundreds of books, it won't come. But Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will reveal every truth about the kingdom of God. And he will take us there. And it will be a glorious day when it happens. So if I am making up all the... It could be that Brother Joe or Joe himself is hallucinating all the stuff. He came up with this nice theory. We should, we should never believe any brothers. We should only believe the word of God, right? Let's go back to the word of God and let's see if there's anything. Hebrews 4, 8. St. Paul is saying something. We know Joshua took them to the promised land, which means Joshua, Holy Spirit is taking to the kingdom of God. That's what our understanding is, right? So now let's see. St. Paul, yeah, wait, for Hebrews 4. 4, 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak later about another day. Right. So St. Paul says, there was a promised rest for the king of the Israelites or the promised land, the land of Canaan. But St. Paul is saying it, the promise was not actually about the land of Canaan. It was just a prefigure. It was just a shadow of what's going to come. So Jews still believe that that was the promise. But St. Paul explains to them, if Joshua has given them a rest, then there will there won't be another promise given to Joshua himself and to the Israelites himself that there will be another day when the actual rest comes. This itself is a great topic, this rest, the Sabbath. Uh, that, that's a different topic. We can't take it today. But but Joshua is, sorry, St. Paul is explaining. Keep reading. Um, yeah. So then a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God. 
for those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors as he did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest so that no one may fall through such disobedience as theirs. Yeah. So this place of rest is the kingdom of God. When you enter the kingdom of God, St. Paul is saying you cease from all your works because the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours at all because you are in the king of, kingdom of God. There's nothing to fight. It is only peace. So that's where that Bible verse will come true. Know that I am your Lord and be still. We'll be just still. We won't be doing anything. It's a place of relaxation in the Holy Spirit. It's a place of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit, which is the kingdom of God. So that's where we are going to go. That's not after, um, after death, but it is right here in this world, in this life. We will be in... Holy Spirit will lead us into such a place where there's no tension, there's no stress. Only the Prince of Peace will be reigning in our mind, in our life. That's the kingdom of God, where we will be completely joyful, regardless of what's going around us. The things may not change, the circumstances may not change, but in midst of all that tornadoes and tempest, we will be calm and happy because we know that in our boat we have Jesus Christ. So that's where we should be going. That's the beginning. That's where God wants us. So the kingdom of God is where? In our mind. And the kingdom of darkness is where? In our mind. In our mind. So the kingdom of God is given to, the land of Canaan was given to Israel and Moses. When God spoke to Moses, when they were in the wilderness, they were trying to get to the kingdom of God. It was already given to them. It was just a matter of reaching there. The kingdom of God is the same. The kingdom of God is already being given to us, each one of us. The promise is already being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He has done everything needed for us to go and conquer it. But the problem is the kingdom of darkness has established cities fortresses, jams in the promised land, which is our mind. Do you know another name of city? A stronghold. Right? A stronghold, a fortress. So let's read. Now we are getting into serious business. The kingdom of God, which is supposed to be in our mind, this is our, this is our promise that we will be having in the kingdom of God, but we need to be aware in our mind what is happening, who is ruling, what jams we do have, what fortresses are there, what is their power, what are they doing. That's our mapping, what we did in the notebooks. Right? Let's go. Let's go whether if I'm, I'm making this up. So let's go back to Bible. Uh, read. This is our last verse, and then we will pray and end this. Second Corinthians 10, chapter 10, 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 5, 6. This is the war which is needed for us to get to the kingdom of God. Ten, yes, sir. 2 Corinthians 10. Yes. Five. Chapter 10, 5 and 6. And every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. 
we are ready to punish every disobedience when your disobedience is complete when the obedience is complete. when your obedience is complete can you read from the beginning uh, maybe is that nrsv yeah okay second corinthians 10 chapter can you read from the first verse i myself paul appeal to you by the meekness and gentleness of christ i who am humble when face to face with you but bold towards you when i am away i ask that when i am present i need not show boldness by daring to oppose those who think we are acting according to human standards indeed we live a live as human being but we do not wage war according to human standards okay that's the first point we are living in this physical world as human beings in flesh and blood but the war we have to wage to get into the kingdom of god is not a physical war let's read on for the weapons of our warfare are not merely human but they have divine power to destroy strongholds okay so the war itself is not a physical warfare it's a spiritual warfare but we have weapons to war and they are not physical either we have certain weapons st paul is saying it's all spiritual weapons and how powerful are they uh divine uh, power to destroy divine power to destroy strongholds to destroy what strongholds what is a stronghold the city right think about a city which is has a fortress right how do we, how do they build the city in the old times they will have a fortress around it and then inside them inside that there the kingdom exists the king will be there and the rule happens in that so if any enemy attacks they have to go through this fortress and destroy it right there will be a city there will be a gate etc so this is a stronghold or a city or a fortress so a stronghold will not be built on a one day right a city cannot be built in one day brick by brick it has to be laid there should be mortar and then over the time this entire stronghold the fortress is built so st paul is saying this spirit it, it, the war is not spiritual war is not physical it is spiritual the weapons are not physical it is spiritual and they are so powerful to bring down stronghold so what is the stronghold will it be a physical stronghold mentally it's the spiritual stronghold right yeah. yes if the war itself is spiritual the weapons are also spiritual so what are we fighting we are fighting a spiritual stronghold okay so now we come to the stronghold which is equivalent to the cities and the fortresses and the giants which should be before israel to reach to the kingdom of god so here is the kingdom of god they are already delivered from the kingdom of darkness but they have to march through the wilderness and conquer all the strongholds then every stronghold they are conquering they are one more step into the kingdom of god right yeah yes every day they are disobeying god and just sitting there and complaining and were when thinking about the older times in egypt where they had initial enough food and all the luxuries of the egypt and the luxuries of world what happens they are just sitting there they are wasting time they will never reach the kingdom of they can sit and complain about the wilderness the lack of food the lack of water all that but they will that do any good they no. can plead the god to bring the kingdom of god no it won't 
they have to do their part. What, they, what do they have to do? They have to trust that Joshua is our leader given by God. And whatever he is saying, we should, and first of all, we should listen to him and start doing it. It doesn't make sense. But sometimes Joshua says, okay, this is a great city. Let's go around seven times. Let's go march around it and then, then shout. So if if we are hearing, or we, let's say we are Israelites, so we are ready to get battle. We are ready to, next day we are going to go and bring down this fortress that we are planning, make, making war strategies and all that. We are thinking how great they are, what should our strategy, and our leader comes and say, you know what, we are going to just walk around. And in between, I will say, you just need to say shout. Like, this is crazy. This guy doesn't make sense. He's our leader. He's our king. Such a stupid guy. I'm not going to listen to him. But they didn't do that, right? Because why? Because that they knew that God has anointed him. And God's ways doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't make logical sense. So sometimes we need to trust. We need to have faith. We don't walk by sight. We should have to start walking by faith. And then certain strongholds needs that. So eventually when all the strongholds are brought down, according to St. Paul, we have weapons. We have warfare strategies. We have we are more than conquerors. Our carnal, the weapons are divine and mightily empowered to do what? To destroy it. Can you read on? Continue reading. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought okay. captive Captain. to Christ. So the strongholds, the arguments raised against the knowledge of God. So there are certain strongholds in our mind which are built. So, Or we can say like this. Every stronghold in our mind is for one purpose. What? So that the knowledge of God will not be coming to our mind. Now try to connect this to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The God of this world is trying to blind the, blind the minds of unbelievers so that the light of the gospel will not reach them. So that the knowledge, so the, where is the knowledge of God? It's about mm -hmm. the light, the Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God will not reach them, which means we will never understand the key principles of kingdom of God. We will never know that there is a kingdom of God given to us. We will never know our identity in Christ. We never we will un never understand what we need to do to figure this out. Once we start understanding it, because it's he's already destroyed, this kingdom of God is already given to us. But the knowledge of God is what's lacking. Knowledge of how to get to this. The truth is what is lacking. So every stronghold in our mind, in my mind, so we have to start personalizing this thing. Every stronghold the kingdom of darkness has put in my mind is so that I will never understand the truth and I will never be able to get into the kingdom of God and act like a citizen of kingdom of God. This is the Truth. We are not we. Holy Spirit is revealing this truth. So if the truth is being hidden, can you tell me like how the stronghold will be built? How do how do you hide a truth? In in general, you want to hide a truth. What will you do? By not sharing, giving, studying. By telling a lie. Simple, right? Yeah. Right. Who is the father of lies? Kingdom of darkness. Kingdom of darkness. 
So all the strongholds are founded or every brick is a lie. All the, so the arguments, right? That's what is strong enough to bring down the arguments and every thought, which is against the knowledge of God. So every thought, I would say, uh, somewhere I read it. So this is a definition of stronghold. You can write it down. A stronghold is a thought pattern that forms a fortress around the mind. Stronghold is a thought pattern that forms a fortress around the mind, holding it prisoner to faulty thinking. You know what? I will I will send it to Marina Shashi and she can give it to us. No, don't need to write it now. It is formed by brick by brick. Every stronghold, every city is not built on in one day. It is built by brick by brick, repetitive, faulty thinking, added up, and eventually at once. Or sometimes it's more like a traumatic event. It could be built by one by one. Some some certain uh, lies which are put into our mind through the culture. Remember, I asked you to think about how a human mind be influenced from the time when we are born, through their parents, through the family, through the experience that they are going through, through the society, the culture, the country, the what they learn, the books they read, everything which comes through the five senses. So that's where the kingdom of darkness has built certain strongholds in our mind. And each of us have unique strongholds. They may be a um, common pattern, but it is unique to each of us. That's why breaking all the strongholds is to, up to us to go work. When, work. when we work with Holy Spirit, when we listen to him, he will be, we will be able to destroy each and every stronghold one by them. And then we will, we will surely reach the kingdom of God. And that will be a glorious day. That will be a glorious day. So this is the only thing any human being should be doing in his life. But unfortunately, by the kingdom of darkness, their tactics, they are so subtle and they are, they are able to build the strongholds in such a way that every child born into this world will have to go through this experience, this traumatic events, and this education system, and the cultural, and all other things. There are so many strongholds. So now think about what's the purpose of Joshua or what's the purpose of Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is the truth or reveal to, or, or we can say we destroy the lie Satan has put in. So that, how does he do? He does it through the word of God. Can you keep reading on? Next verse. Look at what is before your eyes. If you are confident that you belong to Christ, remind yourself of this. So just as you belong to Christ, so also do we. Now, if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord God gave for building you up and not for tearing you down, I will not be ashamed of it. I Sorry, not... Uh, let's not go there, actually. Hebrews yeah. 4, 4, 8. That's where we are talking about. Joshua being Holy Spirit, right? Joshua promised an rest, but that was not the rest. There's another rest coming, and that's through the Holy Spirit, the Sabbath day, and keep reading that after that. Hebrews, okay. Four, chapter four. Or if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward stop another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Who 
Yeah. Something that connection is bad. We couldn't hear. Okay. Can I read it again? Yes. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest as himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Keep reading. The word discovers a kind of, let us therefore be diligent to enter that okay. rest. Let us therefore be diligent that we will enter that rest, the kingdom of God, where we'll be having final rest, not after we die, we die but when we live here itself. Because Jesus said kingdom of God is coming and you have to repent and enter and it is in your midst. And now Holy Spirit is asking us, we had to be diligent that we make sure that we enter the rest. How do we get there? Next verse. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So this is a spiritual truth. The rest which we are promised, the kingdom of God which we are promised, can be achieved by whom? The word of God. So the, how does Holy Spirit, how does Joshua take them there? By listening to the word of God and then directing the Israelites what to do. When the word of God comes to Joshua, you go around the city and then praise and worship. Same thing he applied. So same way, Holy Spirit, which is which is a Joshua was the shadow uh, of Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit will take it from Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the, the Father and he will tell us what to do. And once we obey, the word of God is what? Is a double-edged sword. Which will do what? Which will go into our mind. Minds. It will go into our mind, not only our mind, but our body, everything, joints and marrow, and then even the soul and spirit, it, everything is open to him. There's nothing hidden from him, which means the truth. When the truth comes, everything will be exposed. So he himself is, I am the truth, Jesus said. Right? When the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. When the, when the truth comes, you will be set free. So that's the answer. Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, from the scripture will reveal Jesus Christ himself, the word of God, who is powerful enough. One of the weapons we are learning about the weapon St. Paul said, word of God will reveal to us the truth. Just like we are doing in this sessions, we are being revealed the truth which has hidden to us all this life. Who is revealing it? Not Brother Joe. It is Holy Spirit. Because without Father calling every each and every one of us, we will never be in this session. Without Father calling... Nobody will come to me. We are not here because we went through something and we decided to join. I am here because Father have attracted me. Father, the God the Father, our Heavenly Father have attracted each and every one of us. And he is now revealing the truth through Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. It's a Trinitarian God working in our lives, in our midst. The kingdom of God is active and living and it is trying to discern our thoughts and go into our inner depths and Tell this truth and remove the darkness that we will enter the kingdom of God. 
This is happening right now. So we should, what we should be doing, we should be diligent that we enter this rest. We should not be like the Israelites who were troubling God and um, having a hundred of excuses. So let's change our attitude. Let's change our thought process. Let's make decisions to listen to Holy Spirit, to sit with him and understand what has to be happened. Read the word of God and the truth is exposed to us. Let's do that. Let's pursue this and then we will enter the kingdom of God. There's nothing more important than this. I keep telling the other group, your kids are not important than this. The priority has to be changed. Our lives depend on this. Our kids' life, actually the whole world, this generation depends on people of God, understanding the kingdom of God and showing them what is the kingdom of God. Not preaching about it, but displaying the power of God. So we are called for that. If Father has called us, he will give us the kingdom of God. That's why Father told Moses that it is already given to them. Just like now, Father is whispering in our ears. Holy Spirit is whispering in our ears. This is yours. This is yours because Jesus has already redeemed you. He is our savior. He is the anointed one and he will lead us there. Are we willing to do this or will we disobey and rebel like Israelites? It's a choice for each and, each and every one of us. Nobody can may take you and put you in the kingdom. It is a work which we need to do. So let's thank God for revealing all this truth. We only have one more minute left. So let's close our eyes. Let's make that decision. Our life is a bunch of decisions which we made. Sometimes our lives are directed and affected by decisions, poor decisions, bad decisions others have made. But let's make a decision today that my life, my priority, I'm going to shift it. I will take time and I will make time for my God. My priority, I don't, I, I keep complaining that I'm so busy. I don't have any time for anything. But in fact, I realize that, Father, it is not about time. It's about my priority. Daily, I eat breakfast. Daily, I eat lunch. Daily, I sleep. I'll take care of all that because that is priority for me. But I don't have time for you, Father, because that is a lie which is put in my mind. And I'm, today, we are declaring that this stronghold, this lie that religion is just a routine thing, that Jesus Christ is somebody we just need to worship and please. All these lies we are taking out from my mind. And I'm declaring that from today, we are in this journey to find the promised land. And along with Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us, we are making a decision that I will take a step every single second. Every day will be an amazing journey with holding the hands of Holy Spirit and Jesus. And we are marching towards the promised land. We are marching towards the kingdom of God, Jesus. You have... a uh, occurred for us in that cross. We will make you proud. We will make you proud and we will be the citizen. We will understand our identity. We will understand our rights. And when we exercise it, the kingdom of darkness will tremble before us and we will see the mighty power of the weapons which you have given, Father. Let's worship and praise and worship together. God is trying to invade into our minds right now. He is so close to us. If you open your minds and ask him to come down, ask your Holy Spirit who resides in you to take control of your brain and mind. And if you're ready to give up all the sinful habits, all the strongholds you're holding near, if all the foot, foot you are placed in the kingdom of darkness, give it up right now. My dear child, I am your father. I'm your Lord. I'm redeemed you. Will you listen to me? If I'm, if you hear my voice today, do not harden your heart. Change it. 
so that I will bring you glory. I will bring you into the kingdom of God. And one day you will be there standing in that stage, declaring to thousands and thousands of people that you belong in the kingdom of God, that you are the mighty warrior. You are the kingdom warrior. You are the kingdom, the daughter of the most high, the daughter, the son of the most high. You are a king. You are a king. You are a lord. You are a priest after the order of Melchizedek. When you declare something, when you when you lay hands on people, people will experience the kingdom of God, which means the kingdom of darkness has to live, which means the disease has to go, which means the demonic assignments will be taken out, they will be healed, and you will be a kingdom warrior. You will be the ambassadors of Christ, declaring and proclaiming the kingdom rule over the people. So, Father, we are claiming all that today. Today, when we go around, and when we, before we go to bed, we will every day, this is our priority, Father. Let's take it, let's make a decision. This is what we should do today. Never let these thoughts, never let everything which we spoke today leave our mind. Because the mind is the battlefield. The mind is where the kingdom of God is. The mind is where the kingdom of darkness is. Let's take places, let's take positions and decide which side we are. Are we with kingdom of God? Are we with kingdom of darkness? And then let's make a decision going forward. What, whom are we going to work with? What is our priority in life? Like, let's make firm decisions. Our life is de made de depending on our choices we make. God is not going to come down and make us anointed one. We are the one who is going to make the choice. Life and death is before us. Let's make a choice today. Father, we thank you for all the wisdom you have showered upon us. Let that not depart in our hearts. Father, we want to see your glory, just like Moses saw your glory. We want to see your glory growing in our mind, and just like the vision you gave Vanessa. We want your cross to come, the glowing cross to come and pierce our mind and body. Oh, Father, I wish there was more time. Oh, Father, I wish... That we could be in your presence all day long and 24-7, but unfortunately we are not able to do that. So bless us, Father, as we go through. We know that Holy Spirit, you are with us. Fight the, we want to fight the battle. We want to fight the battle and we want to be victorious. Lead us, teach us, guide us, Father. Everything we ask in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone. Um, Thank sorry you. for taking four minutes over, but I wish... So when I was, uh, I had a virtual microscope session that I had missed. And if I didn't attend it, um, they would like cut my grade. And I was really worried because they were really strict with everyone. Um, so before I, uh, before I emailed the professor, I actually, um, I prayed, um, I prayed to the Holy Spirit and I kept saying, I can do all things in Christ, the one who strengthens me. And uh um, the other one was, uh, I will go before you to, to level the mountains, to break the chains of brass, to destroy the iron bars. So I kept saying those scriptures. 
um and I as I emailed my professor she was really sweet she actually was just like oh and like in 20 minutes she was like okay we can just do our virtual session right now and she was very sweet about it but that's the power of the holy spirit that's the power of the script the word of god um always keep it on the on the keep it on like mom told me and then joe uncle tells like keep it on the on the tip of your tongue because it really really works amen praise god your vision of that day can you just share in quick words oh <laughs> um i was actually i actually texted joe uncle and we were praying that night um uh over the uh, over our group over here and uh during that during uh while we were praying during the session it was um i saw everyone seated and i could see these glowing crosses being put into our heads um and i was very confused as to why a glowing cross was uh being put into our head so i uh i prayed more i even texted uncle and i was like uncle i had this vision but i don't know what it meant so he told me to open my bible and um and when i opened my bible i uh i got another vision and i it just clarified what the what the first vision i got was and um well so the first vision i i just spoke about the second vision was more about how we're all going to get anointed and uh, there is a great time coming for us that jesus is going to the holy spirit is going to work in different manifest in different ways in our life um and we have to be prepared for it and even today while we were praying it's the same thing that's the same message that i got is there is going to be there are going to be um if you remember the scripture that god makes uh, gold he he tests the gold in fire so we are that gold and he is going to there is going to be tests there is going to be trials and tribulations but we have to persist and we have to keep uh, this is how this is like our this is god god our training for what what is to come uh, for the kingdom of god and this training is going to you will face certain battles in life but persist and activate the holy spirit in your life um activate it and use and manifest it in your life and and keep holding on and keep persisting to god and the holy spirit and it will get you through everything so that was the this that was a vision i got today that was a message that i got today while i was uh praying um but the other one was also along the same line that we are we are being called to something much bigger than we can understand and god is preparing us in a beautiful way and it is coming very soon and to constantly act what uncle is saying is really important you have to do like the homeworks you have to keep talking to the holy spirit because you will definitely see a change you will see things happening in your life you never thought were you thought were impossible you will see um you will see a lot of you will see blessings in in your life and things manifesting in wondrous ways so yeah those were the visions that i had ஒன்றுபோர்ட்ஜிஸ்ட்ஜிஸ்ட்ஜிஸ்ட்ஜிஸ்ட்ஜிஸ்ட்ஜிஸ்ட்ஜிஸ்ட்ஜிஸ்
and she put the baggage. She said, why were you sent back? I said, I was overweight by 10 kgs. So I'll just praying there to the Holy Spirit, telling to touch her heart and let her, let allow me to go without paying a, anything. Then I told her, see, I thought it is 30 kgs and it's 20. And I've taken baggages from others, which I can't even throw. Nothing is mine. I'm just carrying parcels because I never had weight. She was really touched and she let all the seven kgs go without me paying a single penny. And I really, that was something great for me. Praise God. There's just one more thing. that uh, the, the, the scripture that I got, if you all want to read, it's Psalm 105. That's the scripture that I got for the group. That's it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Joe. Thank, Thank you, you all. See you next Thank week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a blessed Bye. week. Bye. Bye-bye.